I've noticed your tweet scheduling. The other day I was up, um, cause I, I, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I may or may not have gotten myself involved in a couple of international fandoms. <laughs> so okay. I, I may or may not occasionally be following Twitter on, you know, Beijing time. <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. But, you know, sometimes I'm up in the middle of the night, you know, tracking other stuff and, um, and, and Phoenix is, Phoenix is like tweeting. Yeah. 4.21am in the morning. Yep. <laughs> like, does she sleep? Nope. She does not. <laughs> sleep is for the week. <laughs> There's activisms to do. There's, there are activists. There are people who are wrong on the internet. There's activism to do. There's politicians to harass. There's things to do. Right. Like we, yeah, we get so little sleep that we know better than to try to offset it with coffee. We know that'll make it worse. Yeah, like just drink some water, have a starch, right? Eat a eat a large protein. You know that'll digest yeah. slow and make me want to sleep. Mm-hmm. You know we yeah. both probably have some situations with our iron, Phoenix more so. Medium rare that steak. <laughs> yes. Oh, the day I discovered desiccated liver pills was life-changing. Wait, you discovered what? Oh, desiccated liver pills. What is that? Um, It's basically where they take usually, supposedly, high-grade organic calf liver and stuff. And they, you know, they dry it out so that it still has all the, like, sort of the iron-rich elements that come in liver. Oh. And and you can, you you know, pill form it, (laughs) capsulize it. So I, I used to be one of those people like um, I'm a fairly small statured human, uh-huh. and for a lot of years of my life I was I was you know pretty skinny, and so people just automatically assumed I was a, a vegetarian or a vegan, uh-huh. and I was gonna be straight. I am such a carnivore; it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> and for a long stretch of my life, if I did not have some type of animal or meat product in my body uh, every 24 hours, I would be feral. Like I would eat a human. And I, I did not really understand, like, what the problem was. Okay. <laughs> a really long time, but uh, it was a combination of really low iron and really low healthy fats. Okay. Like, I really need, like, it, I was like, oh, I just need protein. But what I needed was, like, fats and iron as well. Wait, as so, what, so what were you eating then? Well, for most of my 20s, just garbage. Okay. Like, you know, really just, like, I mean, a, a lot of heavy sort of fast food or heavy saturated fat garbage. Because it was the only thing that kind of satiated that, uh-huh. you know, that compulsive craving. Yeah. Um, this is how come I started off talking about avocados. Because avocados were sort of my little shift over. <laughs> I was, it, was my, it, was, it was my gateway food away from a, a lot of... Because, you know, they have like a lot of healthy fats in them. But I, avocado was the first thing that I could eat that was a substitute for me. That, you know, that was a substitute for me in the sort of satiation range okay. where meat was, right? Yeah. But um, uh, some years ago, because I was so low in iron, somebody suggested I take desiccated liver pills. And I started to take them, and I realized that my my just, like, let's just say really concerning cr- compulsive craving for meat <laughs> uh-huh. went down drastically. Now I could I could eat meat maybe twice a week. Okay. And I'm, you know, it's okay as long as I'm eating other things that have certain amounts of proteins and fats, and I'm like, I'm fine. I mean, something has to drive this brain. This brain consumes ridiculous amounts of fuel, and so I mean, I I am honest with myself. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I know what's going on here, and so um, 
you know, if I don't, if I don't eat what I need, then I, I, uh, <clears throat> my sanity degrades very yeah. rapidly. <laughs> oh, I get, I get that. Yeah. So, so the only reason I'm even bringing this up is because, um, I took them for a couple months and then I stopped taking them. I want to say because of convenience and maybe even money at the time. Mm-hmm. They're not that, they're really not that expensive, but you know, sometimes it's just like that. Right. And, um, eat after I took them for a couple months, ever since my first round of taking them, Mm-hmm. My compulsive craving for meat has never gone back to the way it was before. Really? I don't know if it helped reset something a little bit. I don't know if I just got better about how I, you know, distributed my food intake. I don't know what happened, but I feel like it really was a turning point for me. So, really, I'm actually looking them up right now. Okay. Huh. Yeah, I, I basically just did, I did a little research on them. I tried to find like I tried one or two brands that seemed to be reasonably high quality but not horribly expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, I tried to do. Know the background on it, but in the end, I interrogated my desiccated liver pills. Yes. But in the end, um, I was like, I gotta do something because I mean, I legitimately remember sitting across the table from somebody, and I hadn't had a burger in maybe I don't know 33 hours. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting across the table from another person and being like, I could just bite this person right now. Like that's the level of like carnivorous I feel. I was like, this is not healthy or normal. <laughs> like there's right. something wrong with you, girl. No, I get that. When my iron gets low, it's always a struggle. Yeah, it's a struggle. (laughs) Yeah. This is how serial killers happen. There it goes. There it goes, the snort. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just doing my part to save the world from us. (laughs) Well, you know, I feel like um, I've had to have blood transfusions because my iron's been slow, so I feel like that makes me a vampire now. Oh, I feel like I qualify, right? And we still don't know my blood type. It's gotta be O positive. How do you know this? It's because it's based <laughs> on your demographics. It's the most likely outcome. Yeah. Yes. The colored man is O positive. Often. Often positive. Plus, That's what that means. So we're positive <laughs> brothers and not negative brothers. I like that. It's like one of the most common blood types. Yeah, Guys. positive brothers are very common in the neighborhood. Come really? on down. Really. Guess how many sex jokes I'm not making right now. Uh, <laughs> all of them. All of them. This is the first episode of Social Dissonance. This is going to be that. <laughs> um, I think if you donate blood, they'll tell you your blood type when you donate. So go donate. Wait, can 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 you like donate but be like, but to this person who happens to be in my same household that I have a marriage certificate with? No, you cannot I'm, do that. This person is less fortunate. <laughs> Oh, you don't think they are? I'd like to show you who they married. That's me. And uh, do you think they're less fortunate? Oh, well, here. You want some dad jokes? <laughs> um, no, you do not get to pick who your blood goes to. Listen, blood donating is so socialism. You should capitalize it and sell your plasma. Hmm. What's plasma go for? More than blood. I don't know, but it's more than free. <laughs> it is more than free. Hey, I might have some good stuff. I put a lot of Brussels sprouts in it. Doesn't donating your plasma make you really tired and fatigued, though? I'll take I vacation it, days first. I mean, it does, but I think it also really depends on the like the individual person. Oh, like, okay. I got banned from donating blood for ten years because I lied about my weight <laughs> and then passed out on the table. Oh <laughs> no! I really, really wanted to be in on it. You know, like I was like. No, everyone's donating blood. I think there had been some kind of like global disaster or something, and we were like running low on blood supplies, and a bunch of people had died in a landslide or a hurricane, or I don't even know. 
I was like, I'm gonna. I was like 22. I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna donate blood. I did not meet the weight cutoff, so I put weights in my cargo pants pockets. <laughs> Ma'am, you can't. That's do what. That. That's what cargo pants are for. Uh. <laughs> and then of course I passed right the fuck out <laughs> when they were taking my blood, and I went kerchunk. <laughs> like I slid off the. I slid off the thing and went pachunk onto the ground because I had words in my pocket. Oh, I was banned for like 10 years from Florida Blood Services. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <What's> no, that? <laughs> no. Yeah, I can't donate blood. And that makes you want to like, so is there someone somewhere like, you know, giving their kid a right bollocking and they're like, uh, hey, if all if all your friends donated too much blood and passed out, would you do it too? <laughs> yeah. God fucking what? <laughs> Oh man, and I'd do it again if they hadn't caught me. <laughs> they work with these pesky kids. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, yeah, I can't donate blood. Yeah, yeah, of course you couldn't. Yeah, which actually, I really do need to get to the hematologist too to yeah. get my. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my hemoglobin is, is uh an eight right now. Do you have anything? Yeah. Is anything Ooh. scheduled yet? No, I gotta call them. Uh, they had shit shut down because of COVID, and because yeah. because it's the hematologist office, like they keep bringing in cancer patients. So they're like, unless yeah. you're coming in for like, you know, cancer treatment, go fuck yourself. <laughs> right. Like uh, basically because, because of COVID. So because uh, you know they yeah. Well, also because privatized healthcare. Uh, also, also yeah. that. Hey, yeah. it's a, it's a club line. Some get in, some don't, buddy. Well, you know, I can just wait until, like, the next menstrual cycle, and then it'll cause chest pain and be like, oh, gotta go to the ER having chest pain. Don't know why. And then they'll just. Tiger balm on your chest? (laughs) (laughs) That's like the millennials, like, how our grandmas used to be like, just take some Pepto Bismol. (laughs) You can fix anything with, like, antibiotic ointment, like, Walmart brand antibiotic ointment. (laughs) Millennials, just put some fucking Tiger balm on it. (laughs) It'll be alright. (laughs) Your skull's like cracked open. There's actually visible brain. Just tiger bomb it. Tiger bomb on it. (laughs) (laughs) And pick your brain up off my floor. You got brain all over my new rug. I mean, listen, all the Korean grandmas I know, that is their answer to everything. I said, oh, you you broke your leg? Tiger bomb. (laughs) We don't have money. Do you you have doctor money? Tiger bomb. I send you to school to learn just so you can knock your brain on the ground. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> you know how much I paid for these brains? <sighs> I did not spend 18 hours in labor for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Waste your brain. I wonder if Tiger Bomb's edible. I'm going to go out on a limb and say you should probably not eat Tiger Bomb. I'm just going to throw that one out there preemptively without any what research. For science. <laughs> <laughs> See, for, and you know what? And Penny Loca, you are like, because I, I hope I, I'm not like misinforming people, but you're a scientist, right? You know, it's a, it's a very interesting question. I get called a lot of things. Most of them you can probably say on television. Um, my tech, my tech, I guess my technical title would be licensed mental health therapist. Like I, I'm licensed to, to do like, mental health counseling, but when I was in grad school. I got involved in a, um, you know, I, I was in, interned at a place that was using some emerging neurotechnology. <laughs> and so I ended up not sucking, I guess, at neurotechnology. And so the last 10 or 15 years, um, a lot of what I've done has been 
designing and developing new innovative ways to use neurotechnology to improve brain function, uh, you know, positively impact mental health, that kind of thing. And so um, I'm very steeped in what I would call the the reasonably hard science community, but my roots are definitely in squishy sciences. Like I certainly came from a, you know, mental health, psychology, sociology, <laughs> literature, glitter sticker background, you know. Um, but I mean, you just, you can't, um, it's hard to juxtapose um, biometrics with, with emotions, right? So how do you, like, so we say things like, oh, I know I'm feeling ways because my heart's beating faster, I'm having trouble breathing, my vision's tunneling a little bit. Like, this, like we, we try to describe how our feelings and emotions, you know, show up. And mm -hmm. so we have ways to measure changes in biometrics. And so we, we, you know, we can say, oh, you're in love or you're sexually attracted to somebody because your heart rate did this and your blood pressure did that and this part of your body did this. And, you know, keep it television friendly, kids. And so I, um, my interest has always been, in the end, I'm an analyst, maybe is a good way of saying it. Okay. Um, I very much want to get all the quantitative data possible on the qualitative information we have trouble discussing and measuring and merge those two into something that's actually usably viable to change and improve people's life experiences. Mm -hmm. So I, everybody's a scientist to a degree, okay. right? I mean, everyone's out here trying to figure out how the world works and how how the principles of cause and effect work. <laughs> I mean, if, it, if at any point you try to figure out how to improve your flirting game, you're a scientist. Like, that's just how it works. You know, you're testing out hypotheses <laughs> and jettisoning the things that don't seem to, <laughs> to work out for you. So, but I, I don't have a, um, I don't have an official degree that's based in science. Okay. That's that's real deal. And now, and and you designed some. What what, what is it that is the EG? Is it, what what is the name of this item? <laughs> give give you more information about the thing I said. <laughs> the EG Brain Master. So so over the years, I've collaborated with a company called Brain Master Technologies, who have really been so helpful in many ways for me because. They so they develop EEG based technology that let us um, measure brainwave activity, and then essentially we create programs that let us give people's brains feedback. So if you think about how your brain, how you as a person, because people are just brains, <laughs> brains are just people, right? It's the bits of you on the inside, you know, that drives the bits we see on the outside. And so if you think about how does a person learn or do anything visual, auditory, sensory inputs, information comes in, your sensory inputs, right? And then your brain goes, oh, here's a bunch of stuff coming in, let's integrate it together, make some sense out of it, and then decide how we're gonna respond. What's important? What are we gonna prioritize? I've got this many physical resources to use because I did or didn't have coffee or I did or didn't eat my protein, whatever. Like your body's got so many resources to use and your brain's in charge of deciding how it gets prioritized and what gets you know paid attention to. So we're all walking around the world um, in a regular sort of interactive feedback loops with our external environments. Noises are happening, we're seeing things, people are popping up, we have things to do, we're thinking about stuff. So we're all of these sort of cascading feedback loops all the time with our environment. And that creates these neural 
habits. Like our brain over time will habitually devote resources to specific things that we have to do on a regular basis, right? So we get these like little brain habits or patterns that we tend to hang out in. And so what ends up happening is that sometimes those patterns or habits are not as helpful. And sometimes they're the result of like chronic trauma or maybe like we've got some physical injury stuff going on. But essentially what we're able to do with our technology these days, because we have really come a long way, um, we're able to put little sensors on your head and measure what your brain does in real time and assess whether or not those patterns seem to be efficient or effective or your networking's working properly. We're basically just trying to figure out is your brain as optimal as it can be. And then we can actually design feedback programs. We can use like auditory or visual or tactile ways to give your brain pattern information, right? And so it, it uses that like it uses any information coming in. It goes, oh, look, every time I do this, I get this little, you know, beeping sound or this changes over here. So your brain, all your brain ever does all the time is look for information and try to figure out what it means and whether it's important enough to pay attention to you. So we develop, you know, training programs that allow for us to give the brain back, you know, feedback, because that's all anything is, is feedback. But we can get feedback based on super specific brain behaviors that we can track by monitoring or sort of watching the EEG in real time. So we can pick out like locations or specific brainwave activities and go, when this changes, when these two areas connect better, when this area chills out, then you can get your feedback. So your brain learns to actually change the way it behaves based on, you know, these feedback programs that we do. So the principle is really pretty basic. We're just using the same input channels that your brain learns anything else. What makes it different and effective is that the feedback is based on your own actual brain activity. It creates a feedback loop where your brain goes, oh, <laughs> actually now I can see, <laughs> now I can see how I'm behaving over here and oh, guess what? I could probably use those resources a little more strategically. So this is the, this is the, these are the principles. Everything's just feedback loops. How do you identify the ones you want to modulate to change how you operate better? These, the principles are easy. The complicated bit is developing the actual software and hardware like, you know essentially the 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 monitoring software the programs around how we figure out which loops we're trying to modulate what does it mean for this so if somebody comes in with a specific set of problems how do i know which bits of their brain to ask for change from to train to interact differently so so that's where the last 10 or 15 years um primarily what i've been doing is working with a company where they let me just make stuff up that never existed before and then they make it a reality in the software and hardware right so that's really been very helpful for me because as you can imagine i have <laughs> many ideas about how all of this works um and they they essentially take the good ones and make that how it works and then i can actually take the devices in the software put it on people's brains and then watch um watch good things happen I tell you, I'm I'm surrounded by the most amazing fucking people. I swear to fuck, like I think we were just we were riffing on this before, right? Like right here in this little office bedroom, I'm sitting next to the communications director for Swap. Right, right here, I'm talking to this brain function analyst. Yes. Right. <laughs> this genius. Yes. Right. Who's one of the biggest supporters of the program? A doctor oh, yeah. in another uh, in another continent, 
A doctor <laughs> in another hemisphere? Like, yes. It, like, uh, who's another big supporter of the program? Like, one of the top uh, 5% educators in the state of California? And here I am, like, I got another dad joke. Everybody ready? I, I put I put another fart noise in the soundboard. <laughs> there is a lot of research behind how important it is to uh, take um, bathroom humor breaks. Yes, and to in, and to include cute things in your overall uh, <laughs> information dump. And that's why we have a cute stuff thing on our Slack mm-hmm. channel. You have to have cute stuff and you have to have some degree of bathroom humor because if you don't involve both of those things, it's very hard for people to stay engaged. Huh. So so it is right. It's funny you said cute things and bathroom humor. Mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I look around the wine cellar office and it's like yeah, <laughs> That's what, got, is what you have. <laughs> it's like we've got our African art up here, but we've also got a 2016 Bernie Sanders poster, a Snoop Dogg stuffed animal, and a Harley <laughs> Quinn movie poster. Right. So yeah, I've 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 got my goof arounds. I guess yeah, I keep my silly stuff. Like what was what was one of our favorite films in the past couple years? <laughs> Phoenix and I, for some reason, Happy Time Murders, That's the, the ones one. with the the fornicating puppets. Yeah, that uh, that's the, right. That's our movie. Yeah, because yeah, normally I don't do that type of stuff, but that one's just fucking funny to me. Yes, and it's got to be that Maya Rudolph is a big part yeah. of that. Yeah, she's yeah. a good actress. She is hilarious. Yeah, like that's good. like a one of a kind delivery. You're never gonna get that again. No one can imitate that. <laughs> My Rudolph, <laughs> she's great. <laughs> oh yeah, it's true though. It's it's so critical. I mean, this is why I was joking earlier about nobody can sustain their baby woke stage. Like mm-hmm. n- none of us can go hard all the time. It's not even how basic biology works. Right. You have to put yourself on the charger, or you just don't, you can't. how anything works so in in a in a way like you know when you deal with really stressful difficult topics i mean if you don't throw in some bathroom humor then how you you can't yeah i mean and and everybody knows we need cute things or else we'll die Mm -hmm. seems legit yeah it's like i like i started a page but um I have I haven't put anything on it, which is why I haven't really I haven't told anyone about it. But here goes: I started a page and I called it Fuzzy Praxis on the <laughs> Facebook, and it's just and right now it just has a couple of pictures of the cats, and no. I have more pictures and videos of the cats, and I really just need time between the podcast and work and chores and hygiene. That's a good thing to do, and sleep and eating <laughs> to throw some more pictures of the cats on Fuzzy Praxis and um. And then the idea would also be like if uh, if folks want to add your pet to Fuzzy Praxis, mm-hmm. but we don't have a wine seller email. And I looked at the prices, and I don't want to pay for one yet. Wait, we don't get an email with Blog Talk? No, that's a th- that that's an add-on. Oh. Yeah. Why don't we just use a Gmail? Just make a regular make a wine seller Gmail. Yeah, either a wine seller Gmail or a Fuzzy Praxis Gmail. Hmm. Okay, and that's free, isn't it? Yes, it is. Well, bloody hell. All right, yeah. And then you can use Google Docs for shit. 
And I can use Google Docs for shit. And you can use Google Docs for shit. I love doxing for shit. Okay. I'm the number one shit doxer. Here comes the shit doxer. That's gonna be the remix. That's not but the remix. Practice this for cuteness and hairball hermeneutics for humor, and off you go. You've got everything covered. Wait, you rap too? What? I heard that. <laughs> you were rapping for a second there. That was a bar. You did half a bar. That was slick. <laughs> I I admit to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it was recorded. <laughs> I told you it was recorded. What? They've got Donald Trump on tape for so many things, he doesn't admit to it. Why do I have to? <laughs> That's where America's going. That's for the next century. Yeah, well, Donald Trump did it. Yeah. I mean, shit, look at how many people fell for Clinton shit. Like, I'm still a virgin, technically. <laughs> I, remember that. I remember that was a big thing in high school. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Technically. Fucking Admire my real-time gaslight. <laughs> oh, man. This is dope. We've done some dope shit on this program. This is definitely one of those up there episodes for me, like like a Shauna Jemai's episode of yeah. uh, on artistic interpretation really stands out. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the episode with Parker Hampton, uh, my my little white cousin out there in <laughs> that I, I, I've, I've I've claimed that's my little I, I got I got a white cousin out there in Washington State. Young kid came Hello. on the program. Very dope. Penny Loco. This is the second time. First time you came on, it was what we talked about, the Andy DeFranco. And you right. broke the game down. That shit was fresh. <laughs> oh, that was back in the day. Now yeah. we should uh we should grab some audio drops. I'm gonna stop the background music. Cause I I think we need new shit, right? Sure. Uh what something for Phoenix? You need something for Swapcast? Yes. Um, what would you like? I don't know. <laughs> All right, fresh ideas on the spot. I'll, and I'll record this too. Fucking bonus material. 